0: Good morning Dr Rajbans. Good morning. So we're discussing articles today on Healthwise and since um, there is a spike in COVID-19 cases here in Malaysia, we thought we'd revisit some COVID-19 articles. Now we saw this very interesting one. It says ICUs without air conditioning could shield doctors from COVID-19. Now Doctors are already in PPE and all that. If the ICU doesn't have air conditioning, how does it help shield them from COVID
1: 19? Yeah, I'm just confused also because if you're, I suppose the aircon have droplets, you know, and this virus is spread by droplets, so maybe the aircon can, you know, have the virus there and that can cause like a continuing infection. But if you're wearing the PPE, then you should be uh, immune from that. But I suppose once you take out the PPE and you're, you know, exposed again, so maybe that's what they're talking about. But I don't know, but when I wear PPE, you know, when we suspect COVID and I wear a PPE, I don't know how I will last because it's so hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll you probably
0: melt that. in there.
1: <laughs> and if you could be shot by, it's okay, but I suppose if your doctors are going to be there the whole day wearing that PPE, you know, in that uh, or the nurses especially, so I don't know whether that will be something practical or not. I don't know. They have to look at that part of it. Maybe they don't realise that, that can be another problem, especially in the tropics, you know. yeah.
0: Now, speaking of surfaces, this other study done Said that this virus, COVID nineteen, can stay on banknotes, phone screens, and stainless steel items for twenty eight days. Doctor, how likely are we to catch COVID nineteen after touching a contaminated surface, though?
1: Yeah, but I don't know. They didn't say how active the virus is. Uh, but that's why we always have that thing about you know washing your hands, avoiding touching your you know face and all that, because that's how the virus are going through your through droplets. So that's just the whole idea about frequent washing mm. and you know, sanitization, and all those things, la But why it's- scary that the virus can leave for so long because normally you think viruses will just be a few days and they're gone. And this other thing about keeping all, uh, you know, uh, everything in our area. Frequent cleaning is very important. Like in hospital, every few hours, the, everything is cleaned by the people, so that's very important. And your hand washing are very important. And then wearing the mask so that, you know, you don't touch something and then touch your, you know, face and that can also cause the COVID to go in. So all these things you have to still take precautions because what 28 days is a long time.
0: So if we touch this contaminated surface, let's just say, but we don't touch our faces, it should be fine, right?
1: It should be fine, yeah. That means you straight away go and wash your hands and you should be able to get, also it depends on how much of virus load is there when you touch it, you know, all those things are important, yeah.
0: Two studies published in Blood Advances suggest people with blood type O may have a lower risk of COVID-19 infection and reduce likelihood of severe outcomes including organ complications if they do get sick so why is it doctor that type O blood is less likely to contract COVID-19 actually
1: a good question I got no idea why why someone with type O should be more resistant to COVID no no real and I don't know whether the studies are you know big enough to look at it and it'll be also interesting to see like in Malaysia all those patients who you know had a were serious illness or even those who passed away how many of them were actually group O how many were B or AB or you know so so I, I'm not really sure How this happens But it would be something Interesting to look at And also look at Whether other places Can duplicate the same study is it something the About point?
0: type O though doctor That because type O That the universal donor Yeah you give to everybody
1: donor, But yeah. you can only get from
0: O as well yeah. right Is it stronger yeah. Stronger blood Is there such a thing
1: No that's right. I don't see the reason why it's it's, it's in fact the commonest blood group that should be actually good if they are less likely to contract COVID-19. But uh, so far, I don't know whether that is really true or whether it's just uh, whether it's really this.
0: Coincidence, really, you know, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I got no idea. But if it's true, it'd be interesting to look at more people and see what's happening and why these type o are more resistant. And that would be somewhere they can actually look at how to, you know, get somewhere to you know, build immunity against this virus.
0: Okay. Yeah. Now, doctor, is there a way that we can somehow increase the health of our
1: blood? Basically, our, our blood carries our immune system. So all the whole immune, all your T cells and B cells and the NK cells and all those cells that are part of the immunity, and all in the blood anyway so to improve your, basically your immunity, that's what we're looking at and then again back to, you know, good healthy lifestyle, right sort of nutrition, you know, get a bit of exercise decrease stress uh, maybe taking certain supplements all those things that we talk about uh, so that's the only way to improve your immunity if you look at today, the people who actually have severe disease are all those across chronic diseases, mm. so whether hypertension, diabetes, overweight, so people with chronic diseases, elderly, people with cancer, all these points back to the immune system, so if you are a poor, weak immune system, your likelihood of getting a severe disease is more. So, and I think, while we look at all these things about, you know, wearing the mask and keeping our distance and washing our hands, also don't forget our own immune system, you know, and one of the things that we are seeing very much in the last few months is that people are getting more anxious, more Mm. stressed up more depressed so all this is not good because it decreases your immunity increases Mm. cortisol decreases all your good chemicals that help to build immune system so i think no matter what happens we must still try to keep positive in this whole not easy but we try to keep positive and Keep our immune system strong, very important.
0: Now, a team of researchers in the University of Pennsylvania have demonstrated a new possible way to rebuild complex body tissues using a magnetic field and hydrogels, which could result in more lasting fixes to common injuries such as cartilage degenerations and tears and all that. What is the standard treatment for someone suffering from cartilage degeneration right now, Doc?
1: I mean uh, one of the things we look at preventive measures so make sure that you know you don't over use your joints for example where the cartilage gets you know damaged so that is one prevention secondly people have tried things like supplements you know from a uh, lot the main common place that we get cartilage degeneration is the knee yeah. the osteoarthritis so uh, that happens especially someone who has been you know playing too much of sports in the wrong way and have injuries to the knees they get uh, the degeneration faster so prevention is important things like physiotherapy can help to strengthen the muscles mm. so prevent further damage to the joints. Then, certain supplements out there that they use that can help. You know, there are a whole range of new supplements coming up from things like muscle extracts to avocado, soya extracts to glucosamines and chondroitin. There are many things out there. So, again, this year to talk to the doctor and see which will be the right thing for you. Uh, a lot of new research in things like stem cells. and uh, In fact, in uh, UK now, they have all gone to phase 3 studies for cartilage degeneration and stem cells and shows very good promise. Mm-hmm. I think India has already have a product that works for uh, for cartilage degeneration using stem cells. I know hydrogels are also used. This is uh, things that are can be injected into a joint to help to repair the cartilage so uh, but so far it's not long term stem cells seems to be the best that they have to actually regenerate the cartilage and the cartilage actually gets uh, better and there are new things like so many new things are coming up that will help to you know so i think it's a combination of things that uh, can do of course once your cartilage has gone completely you're going to grade three four then surgery is the last option Mm.
0: what do you put in there in, in replacement of the cartilage
1: it's a whole artificial joint
0: okay okay
1: mm-hmm. oh, so if someone's full, hip cartilage
0: yeah. is gone you give them a new hip if it's yeah. a knee it's Get a knee hip. surgery yeah
1: a total knee replacement they call it okay,
0: okay. so hydrogels you, you mentioned earlier they are injectables are they
1: yeah, normally they come in hydrophilic form. They are actually used for a lot of things. Like, you know, they are three-dimensional network of hydrophilic polymers. They're used in drug delivery, tissue engineering. So many, many things that are. If you look at uh, hydrogels, can be used in many, many different industries. But this one, they talk about uh, using magnetic yeah. with mm. hydrogels. So this is something new, something that looks different. Whether hydrogels go there and helps some of the cartilage formation, and whether magnetic fields make that improve even better. So this is something else that they are looking at to build up the you know the cartilage. So that's quite interesting. The hydrogels with magnetic field. So hydrogels alone don't have a long-term pair mechanism, but with magnetic field, no, maybe it is something different and something better.
0: Now, this next article says that binge drinking may be linked to both the onset and severity of Alzheimer's disease. Like, we all know drinking is bad, but how much is too much, doctor? Should we avoid alcohol completely?
1: okay it depends on what you're looking at if you're looking at heart health they talk about you know so many studies say that two two drinks a day you know two units a day will help your heart but if you look at any study no one has talked more than that no one has said that alcohol is good for the liver or alcohol is good for the brain right so for the brain it's very obvious that even a small let's say even you take a small glass of uh, wine is still a toxin to the brain but because the brain has got billions and billions of cells so if you lose a few hundred thousand nothing really happens in the short term Mm. but long term more and being thinking you're talking of a lot of alcohol in a very short period of yeah. time and that is really causing a lot of damage to the brain cells and it inflammation today we know Alzheimer's is a neuroinflammatory disease in fact the disease probably starts 10 years before you get the symptoms so now there's a lot of research going to the inflammation part of the brain causes all these you know call it amyloid proteins and the tau and the plaques alcohol definitely is a toxin to the brain and alcohol will cause inflammation in the brain it also damage and kill the brain cells if you really want to have a very good memory in your 80s and 90s then I would say no alcohol at all (laughs)
0: don't drink yeah Yeah. but is there any way to reverse Alzheimer by just changing your lifestyle is there a medication or supplement for it
1: I mean, right now, they, if you're looking at it as a neuroinflammatory disease and you're looking at using inflammation, again, they've looked at people, that, you know, the blue zones who don't seem to get Alzheimer's or very rare, and they're looking at their lifestyle. So a lot of anti-inflammatory foods, foods high in antioxidants, food that are good fats. So what they've done is they look at actually four things. One of the, there's a guy called Berenstam who's actually come with a protocol. And one of the things he says, high diet in vegetables and good fats, moderate physical activity, mental activity, that means keeping uh, doing mental exercise, this in fact he says in that uh, study avoid all alcohol and then he talks of certain supplements that may help in the you know your brain inflammation so these are the five things he looks at and says that uh, from his protocol they found that people who follow this actually slow down the or reduce the risk of getting Alzheimer's so simple things to actually do you know mm. uh, the other one he looked at is uh, sleep you know having moderate sleep uh, a good uh, quantity of sleep you know at least six to seven hours a night so these are the things that uh, again back to lifestyle uh, drugs they only four drugs available that don't treat but slow down the disease progression new drugs are coming out that actually seem to be able to work better but they are one is going to be released next year in I think America there's another one or two that Japan and China is coming out with so we have to wait and see whether these drugs are more effective than the older ones but I think lifestyle still plays a big role
0: now doctor it's pink October breast cancer awareness month and if you have any of the risk factors of breast cancer or you just want to ensure that you do not develop the disease, this article says that there are five mistakes that you must avoid, which is obesity, use of alcohol, not getting tested, not breastfeeding, and unsupervised use of contraception. Some women that we've spoken to on Breast Cancer Fight Club this week, they've avoided all these risk factors and they have no genetic predisposition to cancer, but yet they still get breast cancer. Why is this the case, yeah, doctor?
1: I think if you're looking at just the tip of the thing, you're just looking at what the doctor Doctors think this is the cause of breast cancer, yeah. but what you must understand is that if you look at genes, it's not just the BRAC genes and all that, which of course are very the risk is very much higher. But there are also the variants in your genes for like things like inflammation, detox, free radicals, which precipitates cancer. You know, if you have got very bad detox genes and you take a lot of toxins, right? These toxins actually, for the body to safeguard for any damage, it is normally stored in fat. Right? so your yeah, abdominal fat, the breast tissue is a fat. So a lot mm-hmm. of toxin can actually end up in the breast tissue. So if you got poor detox. Mechanisms, your toxins get accumulated in the breast, you got, it causes inflammation. If your inflammation genes are bad and your free radical genes are bad, it causes free radical damage and this actually precipitates cancer. Okay. So a lot of people don't look at that part because this is more under lifestyle. You're looking more at the medical part of it. So a lot of people come to me and say, you know, I do all the right things, I'm trying to be healthy, but how come I got cancer? Yeah. Right, whether it's breast or colon or prostate or lung or whatever. Right? They say, I don't smoke, but I got cancer lung. You know what happened? But because there are a lot of toxins out there, you know, the whole environment is full of toxins, your food is full of toxins. So if you have the the right things and if you take a lot of toxins, you can still start a cancer in your body. Okay. So... So, overall, looking at a healthy lifestyle now, you find a lot of people when they get cancer, then they go into organic food, they go into juices, they go into uh, meditation, mindfulness, then they look at exercise. So, which is a good thing, but why not do that before we get a disease? Yeah, I think that, that's what we have to say. We start looking at prevention. So, maybe what you're looking at the the five things they say, is just the tip of the iceberg. There are a lot of other things out there that we are doing right now. We all you know, like we've all sanitation, wear a mask, so these are still chemicals, right? So we have to, to counter that. We must make sure that we eat healthy, do some modern exercise and do all the right things to... Still maintain our immune system because cancer is a disease where immune system fails. just yeah. like when you get attacked by a virus, your immune system has failed. That the virus takes over. Same with cancer, your immune system has failed, and that has failed because your lifestyle was probably not good. So I think we forget that part of it. We are still exposed to toxins. Breast tissue is a fat. Toxins going to accumulate in the fat, and this can still cause cancer.